and I certainly didn't think that I could be a student athlete at Syracuse from day one. And my mom shared with me that, you know, you earn the right to fail, but you also earn the right to try. And so from that point of view, I realized that this is going to be an uphill battle for me. I have to continue to prove myself, even though I'm a top 40 student athlete in the country. And we went to Syracuse and became the all-time leading scorer and rebound in the history of the program for 20 years. Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn, where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn, where you'll get immediate access to expert orthopedic specialists, physical therapy, and imaging at 15 convenient locations throughout the greater Cincinnati area. When you're in pain, turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. Visit beaconortho.com to schedule your appointment that's the beacon difference coach jack thank you very much for taking time um during the off season and 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 out of the busy what i'm assuming recruiting schedule um to join myself and, and my partner in crime kyle decker here on the underdog podcast thank you so much for having me this is a perfect opportunity this is our last day to do anything with our team and uh, it's a shutdown period beginning for women's basketball on May 3rd. So uh, this is a perfect time. So I, I, you guys got great timing. How long is your shutdown period? Just for a week from the 3rd to the 9th. Okay. So you going to like a uh, beach anywhere? Or you, got... <laughs> you know what? Actually, well, my husband and my son and I, we're actually going to head over to probably Miami. And just, you know, we haven't done anything since this pandemic happened, you know, I have like half my team is from another country. We went into like fix it mode from last March and I have not stopped even after our season. And so my husband just kind of grabbed me by my shirt saying, yeah, it's time to shut down for a little bit because you getting crazy er. And so <laughs> if I'm going to be crazy er to him, it's time to shut this thing down for <laughs> he put the er on. All right, right, right. Watch right. out. Yeah. The er, man. He hit me with the er. The er. <laughs> All right. So um, we want to get into kind of your timeline, your story. And we always kind of, throughout our research, try to find a place where we feel was an underdog moment for you or at least a moment of adversity. And just throughout, you know, research and doing what we do, uh, one of the moments that we found was in 2012. Um, you know, when you were uh, relieved of your duties at um, Indiana University and, you know, the article I was reading talked about, you know, nobody would hire you, you know, not even as an assistant. Uh, you know, you put your name in for pretty much every job from major colleges to a lot of the smaller schools. Uh, but and you said no one would even call you back. So for someone who's been at that point in their professional career, uh, can you take us back to that time and how you were able to overcome, you know, that, those moments of adversity? Well, you know, the adversity started early in my life where, you know, I, I was a top 40 student athlete and um, I picked the Syracuse to, to attend that institution. And my guidance counselor told me that I shouldn't go there because everyone wouldn't be like me from a single parent family. And, uh, you know, from the, the, the background financially, it was like a, they call it a, a gap school. Jew, they call it a Jewish American princess. She, she said those words to me. And I certainly didn't think that I could be a student athlete at Syracuse from day one. 
and my mom shared with me that, you know, you earn the right to fail, but you also earn the right to try. And so from that point of view, I realized that this is going to be an uphill battle for me. I have to continue to prove myself, even though I'm a top 40 student athlete in the country. And we went to Syracuse and became the all-time leading scorer and rebound in the history of the program for 20 years and got two degrees from there. And so we, we really um, had that, that experience of non-belief from the, from the jump street. And then, you know, opportunities to become head coaches eluded me for 13 years as an assistant coach. And I get, I get an opportunity from a gentleman at Hofstra uh, uh, University, Mr. Royal. He just liked my story and wanted me to be a part of that uh, opportunity there. And so it, it's just been an a, a interesting dynamic where, you know, you know, you don't just take an Indiana job without understanding that you're a little bit different than what they usually hire. You know, being the first African-American head coach here, I didn't go there with my eyes closed. I went there understanding that what did other people do when they got in there and I, I studied Muffet McGraw who was over at Notre Dame I think she lost nine years in a row prior to her first year and now she's going to be a Hall of Fame coach I studied you know the young lady that left Indiana before I went there and uh, she ended up uh, she's doing a pretty good job over at Purdue and so when we got there we went there with our fists up ready to go and we did a great job the guy that hired me was the guy that's going to help me get through that the two guys, the president, Herbert, and our AD, our AD at the time was Rick Greenspan. And so we went out there and we, we won 20 games first year, 18, 21, and he was, we were cooking. And then AD loses his job, the president loses his job, and the gentleman that hired me probably wouldn't have hired me had he been the AD there. And I may have not been gone. And so when tough times came, I knew that it wasn't going to be many opportunities to have tough times. And so when you lose that job after having one bad, one losing season, and, you know, the other one was pretty close, 16 and 14 the year before, but you knew that it was going to happen. But it's, it's always a shock when you, you get fired. And so that shock was like, what do you do when they just say you're just not good enough? And uh, I, I asked some of the professors if I can speak to their class as I go through this uneasiness, this weirdness, this shock of being let go for not winning basketball games, let me share this with your student athletes, your students. And so I went to speak to classes in the kinesiology and, and uh, to share with my story. And that began my healing process where students were like, at the beginning, like, you know how students are like, here's a guest speaker. <laughs> and they listen. And next thing you know, you saw from there to here to stand almost leaning forward saying, that's how I feel. I feel like I wasn't good enough. I feel like if I give too much and I fail, then how much do I hold back with? Well, if you don't give it all your all, you're going to always be the reason why it doesn't, doesn't happen. And so one thing I did do at Indiana was leave everything that I had at that institution, and I just wasn't good enough at the end. And so we decided to, 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 to get out of coaching because after, you know, I moved to, I was building a house in Charlotte, and I decided that, you know, I'm going to see if I can get some opportunities over here. About 25 resumes went out, not a call back, not even a call after I called them. And it, there's two reasons. One, you know, they, they probably didn't like what I brought, you know, but two, they, they probably thought I was going to probably have an opportunity to have their job or something. I don't know what that rat, I don't try to get in their head. It didn't happen. And I was going to be a life coach. 
I'm going to go talk about the story of me, my my revelation on, on how great being fired really is because now I'm getting to know internally who I am. And uh, I, I, I call superintendents. I have things lined up to speak to schools, to you know, high schools. To, and I talk to high school co- uh, coaches and college coaches and talk about my matchup zone that I, I, I teach. So we're ready to be a life coach. Let's go. And then Buffalo calls. And, 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 you know, you always have an idea what you think you can do or what you want to do. That's when God steps in and says, now you're ready for you to do what I think you should be doing. And that's where we are right now. That's, that's I mean, that's an awesome story just from, you know, being able to deal with that adversity. And I know you talked about, you know, you almost abandoned the sport, like you said, that that basically, in essence, created you. Um, so let's talk about the Buffalo piece because, um, you know, it sounds like I, whoever the associate AD was at the time, you know, um, the article that I read went to the team and said, hey, you know, what are you guys looking for in a coach? What is the person going to, you know, what do you want? And some of the things I think the players mentioned were, you know, someone with passion, energy, and belief challenge them as athletes and students and prepare them for, uh, prepare them for the next 40 years of life. And being former student athletes, I know that I've had coaches who have done all of those things. And the AD said they knew right then and there when the players told them, these are the attributes we want that you were the one. So how did that process take place and how did that really unfold? Well, if that opportunity would have came right after I lost my job, they wouldn't have accepted me, nor would I. They probably wouldn't even contact me because I wasn't, I wasn't healed. You know, it took me some time to really get in touch with Felicia to get Jack again. And uh, at three months later, you know, Anuka Brown is the young lady, the lady that called me and said, Buffalo's looking for a head coach. They have a search firm. They have picked some people to, from that search firm. And none of them seem to resonate in Danny White's spirit. And I want to bring you to the table, and I can't promise you that you're going to be the head coach or get this job, but I certainly know the criteria the student-athletes are looking for, you represent. And I'm like, you don't understand. I'm ready now. Then <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going to be able to let me out of that office because I'm locking the door, and I'm not letting him out until he says yes. That's my energy. That's my, um, my passion. So we talked, we laughed, and and Danny was like, you know, Danny's one. If you met Danny White, he's not going to let you, too many people know that he's, he's a guy that really has a lot of passion. He's just a very kind of stoic looking guy, but there, there's an unbelievable human being inside that body. And um, after we finished speaking, he said, if I offered you this opportunity, how long would you take to make that decision? And I mean, I just said, in all due respect to the educational background that I have and the articulation that I can create. I'm going to say this to you. I ain't got no job. <laughs> so, <laughs> I ain't got no job. Then I got, I got, I can make a decision real quickly. And so we laughed and I laughed. And before I landed, he called me back and said, call me. And he offered me the opportunity to come back in a couple of days and, and be the head coach at um, University of Buffalo. But by being a head coach, I knew that there was a lot of reasons why I failed. And some of it was because my staffing, I, I selected uh, the wrong staff in the last years of my career at um, in Indiana for me amazing coaches individually those coaches but not for me to work under my tutelage 
And I realized I had to make some better decisions there. But I also had to realize that what happened to allow me to fail, I must change. And in Indiana, it was very, uh, I was very conscious of who I was. And I thought that I needed to let the community realize that I was, I could be somebody different so they can accept me. And, uh, and, you know, so things were asked of me. I try to change and, and make others comfortable so that even though I was uncomfortable, I needed the fan base, the, 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 the donors to, to feel comfortable with the communication with me because I can handle it and probably they can. And I made a decision when I come to Buffalo, I'm, I'm just going to be my authentic self. You're going to either hire, keep me, or you're going to fire me, but I will never relinquish who I am ever again for any job or any of that mirror is going to tell me the truth every single day. And that's when the, the, the pouring of the success occurs. He just wants you, and I see as my God, he just wants you to be who you, who you are. You know, you can't go out and hurt people and say, oh, that's who I am. You know, and my, my, my whole self is a good person, but there's some things you got to stand for. And I made a decision at being at University of Buffalo to Danny White. I said, I need to be my whole self. And he said, and he was a guy that said, I will back you to the, to the end of the earth. And so, and he did. He gave me that, that permission to be great. And I'm forever grateful for that opportunity that Anuka Brown saw me uh, as a person, as a person that can do some good things. Danny White hired me. And uh, for that, uh, I continue to go forward. And I never have success without those guys understanding. I appreciate them. Yeah. And so just to kind of, I mean, piece that together. Someone that's going through an adverse moment. I mean, like you said, you ha- you needed that moment. It's the best thing that happened to you, right? Some people are saying this is the worst thing, but if you can have an optimism, optimistic outlook um, of the situation and say, "Hey, I can pivot and move," be self aware, right? You said, "Hey, listen, I need, I really do need to start the healing process and evaluate, you know, what I did and take some ownership of it," right? Sound like, "Hey, I could have had a better coaching staff. I could have done this. I could have done that. I changed myself." you know, to try to accommodate maybe some of the others, uh, what they wanted versus what you believed what was best. So you kind of changed your, you know, yourself where you now reestablish yourself at the University of Buffalo and do are able to be yourself able to hire the right coaches, you know, attract the right talent. And now you're on the move, right? So you have that that underdog comeback moment of getting fired. And now you're, you're, you're driving back. So tell us, and our listeners a little bit about that, you know, the success you've had at Buffalo. You know, I, I really don't really do well when I'm talking about myself when it comes to success because I'm so busy and my, my whole life is doing exactly what uh, the great coach, your coach, uh, an amazing, incredible football player, coach that uh, I work with at Indiana, you know, charged himself to do and I charge myself is to grow young people seven years beyond the time that we're with me. So the mental capacity of growing that muscle between the ears is the most profound thing that I think God has blessed me to be in charge of with these young people. So that's where I see the success. I see the young person come to me and not be able to look me in the eye and then eventually be able to articulate things by, you know, look at me in the eye. Yesterday was a successful day for me. You know, that Summer Hemphill who will never speak publicly and we just threw the mic in front of her to say how in this uh, whole season, and she just beautifully articulated 
start our great postseason and she's done it with ease, that to me is a success that I like to, to really, you know, put my hat on the doctors that we've, we've grown here, the, the, you know, the professional players is what we've grown here. But then there's also times where we went to the Sweet 16, went to the 32, and, you know, I just think that, and I tell my players this, winning is easy even though I was fired. The process is the most difficult to be able to get there 15 minutes early when nobody else is in the room because you're locked on ready and others going to have to get ready when they get there. Being 14 minutes early, you're just one minute late. And so we do those type of things all the time. We sit in the first three rows. Um, we went in the locker room. You know, I have a family. And if my son is sick, I can't bring that energy into the locker room because that's not the place to have the emotional moment about my son or my family or my mom inside that locker room because we believe that you win in that locker room and then the ball goes up in the air. It's already a one, a win or loss situation. And so we are really getting close to the, to the uh, optimum of what our success is. And that is when every kid comes through, get that college degree, even if they decide to transfer and they call me back and say, but coach, I stayed in line and I still got my degree. Those moments make me believe that I'm a pretty good coach and I'm winning a bigger game than basketball. It's a game of growing people's lives. Yeah, we talked with Coach uh, Corey Close from UCLA about when the ball goes flat. You know, John Wooden talked to her about mm -hmm. that, and it sounds like, you know, you're grading yourself, which I, I love for coaches to say and follow through with, more importantly, that you're more concerned. Once again, go back to what why they hired you is to help the young ladies prepare for the next 40 years of their life. So... Um, is there any success stories? I don't think we actually asked Coach Close or any of the other coaches. Is there anyone that you've coached that's out in the world that, you know, success story maybe in business or another coach or anything like that in life, doctor, something like that? Well, we got a young lady named Sierra Gillard was our, the best player party we ever came to these doors. And she was over at UMass when we saw her. And her team was just incredible, gifted, athletic team. And I brought my little guys in there, and my ladies, and they, we were like, we got to get our tails kicked. But we had a system, and those young people that played for us, they were really locked on, you know, let's just, we don't know, care about the winning and losing. We're just going to, because we think winning is easy. That's what Coach Jack says. We're going to stay true to the process. We're going to match up the defense the way we do. We're going to push the ball with poise. We're going to spread it up, and we beat them. And I gave her a hug. I'm like, man, I, I think you're incredible players. I didn't know she was broken. I didn't know that she was thinking about quitting the sport. I didn't think she was thinking about leaving that school for sure. And it came around that she wanted to come play for me. And so she said, Coach, I'll play for you, but I don't think I'm going to stick with this game because I don't see how this game is loving me back. I said, all I care about is that you are closer to home now, our way. You can actually, you know, I'll drive you home if you want, if you don't like it here. But give yourself a chance to heal. Give yourself a chance to, to restart. And she came here and sat out for a year, and, and you can tell she was starting to find that love again. And this young lady on the biggest stage, in my opinion, every single game that we played on the biggest stage, she was the best player on that stage. But she went to a school called Buffalo, and, uh, and she hasn't gotten an opportunity to get back to that WNBA. And she was drafted by Minnesota. And uh, she's over in Finland right now. They gave her the youngest team to play with. 
and there's no way that team can make it to the, the playoffs. Not only did she get her team to the playoffs this year, she took that team to enough. They lost in the finals in the wow. playoffs. She is a pro pro, but she's going to be judged because she went to Buffalo. And, you know, I'd rather get a kid from South Carolina and, or, or Connecticut. Well, I'm telling you, whoever gets this young lady whose light is, is on green green, you know, she is going to help you win because all she did for us with the light on, giving permission, she just wins. I love so I'm, it. That's our success story right there. And so many more. Stephanie Reed is over in Australia doing some amazing things. And they're hitting, they're getting that failure button pushed at them. But they're saying, the coach, we saw what failure looks like. You fell forward. You showed us how to fail forward. Mm-hmm. And so we're not going to stop Do we, we have to. And if ever get to a point we don't have anything to do, we don't have a job, we can always come back home. Yeah. Can, can I, Mr. Black, go on one one minute vent? Right, go, right go, here. go ahead, because then you got to pass Let, it back. Yeah, I'm going to pass it back. All right. But put some respect on the Mac. <laughs> We're Mac guys. I'm tired of the Mid American Conference just not getting the respect we deserve. And all I have to say is look at Buffalo, look at this young lady, look at the talent we put out in football, basketball, even baseball. We had a guy at Miami getting drafted in top, you know, first round. Put some respect on our names. We've had. First round draft picks. We've had the top pick of the NFL draft before. The Mid-American Conference is talented. It gets overlooked. And this is a perfect case example. The world put respect on the Mac. All right. There we go. All right. All right. Back to you. I agree. Like, I think that, you know, when they really get desperate and they need the best for it, a job. I mean, our, we just lost our football coach today to Kansas. He is, to me, one of the best in the business. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a couple other universities had a look at him and had a chance to get him. They're going to really regret it and throw him out of here. Danny White came from here. He went from UCF. Now he's the head AD at Tennessee. Alan Green came right from Buffalo. He's now over at Auburn. When you really need somebody to, to get the foundational system of your your, your organization right, yep. they're going to call us. We're losing a lot of players right now to the, the BCS school. Because they know how we grow our student athletes mm-hmm. here, and they wait till they that we season them all up and get the steak all done, and it's just perfect. <laughs> and then they go and eat it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's not the respect we talk about people. We're talking about while we're going through it, see us, allow us to become, and help us get to that point. We have, you know, we can continue to attain more success. So I want to change. I want to ch- change gears a little bit here um, and talk a little bit about. I guess maybe humanize you if I could, um, because you are a public figure. Um, and you talk about the relationship of the young lady you were just talking about and the success. But again, if you would have quit, you don't end up having this relationship with this young lady. So it's funny how things work. So who knows, maybe she quits and her, her life has gone down a different path. But what I've seen, um, when just reading about you, you talked a lot about being a mother and the balance you had a son your son played at George Washington um and and so being a mother being a balance you said so many mothers or so many women quit the profession or when things go south like they did for you at Indiana they quit and they don't come back and you talk about in the men's profession on the men's side men get many 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 opportunities so can you talk about um you know your experiences as a as a black woman in the profession getting another opportunity and then even touch on i know you have an assistant whose husband i think this was at one point 
lived in Vegas. So she was a single mom with you trying to raise kids. Coach, can you just hit on that for people listening and give an inside look into the profession from that angle? I can hear that it's gotten better, you know, and sometimes I have to, you, you as a person have to show how much desperation we have when it comes to compassion uh, for what we're trying to do and the things that we're trying to create for these young people. And it may not come to me, but it might come to the younger people that's getting these opportunities. And I'm seeing an influx of African-American young women getting these opportunities. I'm seeing, you know, uh, the, the number two team in the entire country doesn't come out of the locker room uh, at halftime on time because she's breastfeeding, giving that getting that opportunity to be a woman, to be a mother, or be a, and also be a hell of a woman's basketball head coach. We are being seen for the, 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 the bodies that we, we are and what we can bring to the table. And what I think the world is saying is that it's not just, oh, let's just give women a chance. We're needed. And I think that NBA has really recognized the value of what we bring to the table. So you've seen an influx of women uh, getting opportunities in the NBA. We, you know, my good friend, I call her my sister, uh, Lindsay Gottlieb over at Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, the young lady has just um, got the job at Duke is now, was also uh, an assistant coach at, at Boston Celtics. So we are getting the, the fruits of the labor that we had to do may not come to me, and I'm okay with that. But what helped me through this process was a gentleman named David Jack, my husband. He and my son never saw me as anything other than a coach. And when it got to a point when I was ready to quit, they would walk out the room. They're like, we don't know you as anything else. If you're going to quit basketball, you're going to quit basketball on your terms. You're not going to quit basketball on the terms that's laid out by somebody else. That's not how you started your life. That's not how you got to the um, Syracuse, to Michigan State, to Indiana, wherever. You got there on your terms. And we're going to allow you to do this if you want to, but it has to be on your terms. So you got to get a job and quit a job, but you're not going to get a job and be fired for something and you're going to walk with your tail between your legs. And so that was, you know, the humility of, of me comes a little bit from the guy that I married 24 years ago, 25 this upcoming August. And I'm very grateful for he and my son, but he had to be more of a, a stay-at-home father because of my son. You know, he was a volleyball pro, professional volleyball player in Jamaica, and uh, he could play anywhere and do it. But in order for a thing to work, somebody had to stay home. And when he was the assistant coach in Indiana for volleyball, and me and the head coach, said, we had to follow the dollar. And the dollar was me. I made more, and he was saying, who cares? I'll stay and hang out with my son. And he did some high school coaching things, but and he always coached with a school that my son went to, so he can kind of keep an eye on him and be around. So you got to have good people in your corner. And if I can have David and Sharia my, as my assistant coach and her husband's in Vegas, I got to pay it forward. I got to make certain those kids feel loved. Like she feels like there's never a time she has to make a choice. Is that we have to go with the team? They went with the team. We have a policy that kids don't supposed to go. When you all use lies, but you come, but they come too, and it's a part of it. So I have coaches now. My assistant coach has a little baby girl, and she's in my office more than he is. So we keep it family. We keep it understanding that it's okay to be a single mom, but it could be a single father. But it could be a father who loves his children that needs that child to be around that office, 
they're all welcome here. And if we can continue to do that on my level, I may not get the reciprocal stuff that's supposed to come with it. If a younger coach does, then my cup will close. Love it. That's well, awesome. Leaving a legacy. Yeah, I think yeah. incredible. <clears throat> I think that uh, I was going to touch on her husband, but I think she she already touched yeah, on, it and that was going to kind of transition me to uh, to rapid fire. Yeah, we end the session, coach, with a uh, little rapid fire. So okay. we'll see how much. Usually, Calvin puts these together. See how uh, did you give her? Is it hot? Is this warm? We'll rapid find out. Fire. Hot we'll find out. Right. Let's see what you got. All right. So <clears throat> your husband, former national volleyball. Part of the former uh, former national volleyball player, your son played basketball at George Washington. You, all time leading scorer and rebounder at Syracuse. I know since then, you know it's you're still in the top five, I believe. But by any means, that's thousands of players that come through there, and you're still there. Um, so I say all that to say, who is the best athlete in the family? Oh my, it's easy. It's my husband. The things that he can do with a volleyball is, is, is just incredible. A vertical of 42 inches off the ground. And, uh, I mean, he just never got the attention from Jamaica to do what he needed to do. I remember one time we were dating. It was our first date, and I was there with my little overall outfit. I'm used to the thing. I know. Indoor, peak volleyball. And he's like, you know, everyone seems to like me more when they see me play volleyball. I never knew guys play volleyball, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sure they do. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, I like it because you're cute, you know. And so, uh, a little shallow, but true. And so, I go to this beach volleyball. I'm at the end of the sand, and he's just playing two-man volleyball. And he goes up and spikes his ball. And the ball rolls over to me, and it hits my leg, and it burned my leg. That's the velocity behind the volleyball hit. That this man, And he still plays at 55, 56 years old. He's going to go somewhere in Kentucky and, and play and he still does that. So I think he's the best athlete. Dave Mayfield second. I'm the one that talks the most junk. So, you know, I'm going to make you think about what I'm saying. And you're going to realize that I can't jump. I can't finger roll. I'm just, I never took a shot outside the key. But I made you think that I was. And then I go by you. So but Mayfield's a, a fashion three-point shooter. He's a transfer here at uh, Buffalo now. Did you see her little hezzy right there? Uh, as, yeah. as she was talking. Given, <laughs> given, given uh, oh pump God. fakes and hesitation moves. I like it. <laughs> I, I like it. Wait, That's all I got. So, so she said 42 inch vertical. I knew you were still stuck on oh, that. Oh, no, I am. <laughs> so the the question, my second question, I because now we have to define this. At He said he, he said he's 50-plus years old, I believe. You just said, can he still dunk a basketball? Could he? I don't even know if he could ever dunk a basketball because he didn't have that kind of skill set, you know? Oh. Uh, whenever we used to go okay. play basketball, we go two players, get, you know, me and him will play when we were younger. He would be the one shooting the three hmm. because he got, the volleyball, everything's a snap with the wrist, and I couldn't shoot, but I was a rebounder, because, and I couldn't jump, but I know how to steal you and keep you down and in, in, in position for a rebound. And so I don't think I've ever seen him dunk a ball. He wow. never, See, I would have told him, like, hey, hang back at the top of the key. As soon as it rebounds, I'm just yeah. yeah. taking it and throwing it to you. Just go dunk it. 42-inch yeah. vert, oh. man. <laughs> like, go, go use those legs. He might have fallen, and, you know, fun <laughs> by now. You know, you're asking me to rethink something that could have possibly not more my fun. So, no, we don't want him. Stay outside, two to three. I, I know what's the dinner table tonight. You're going to say, did you dunk a ball, like, when you were growing up? Yeah, I, I guarantee you that's what's going to happen at the dinner table. <laughs> um, 
All right, so second one. Is it true you challenged former University of Buffalo men's coach Nate Oates to a one-on-one the day you guys met? Had to. <laughs> <laughs> he was an assistant coach at the time, but he's walking around here like he's just this cool cat. I said, listen, dude, you don't know who I am. I just checked ball. They had a men's ball. Let's keep that in mind. And it, it was the five. And he beat me. I think I needed to let him. No, I didn't. Let, he actually beat me. The guy can shoot the thing. He can, he's a very good shooter. He's a smart guy, and he beat me. I think five to three. So man, he's yeah, he's he's doing big things but down to in get hired uh, Alabama, University, right? And then challenge one of the men's coaches because he you needed to bring him down a little. I like, like it. What? I love that's, it. That's unheard of, and I like it. Yeah, no wonder you're having success. I can call him right now. He answered the phone. He and I are still good. <laughs> well, we, maybe that's how we. Uh, that might be well. Yeah, save that for one one more question after this. I yep. think this is a good one. I'll actually rattle this one. I'll steal this one from you, boss. Um, who are five people you would want at your dinner table, dead or alive? Oh, geez. Always my mother. She's selling Alzheimer's right now, and uh, it was really to get her in her full faculties that she's the reason I am um, for sure. Martin Luther King, uh, President Obama. Uh, Pat Head Summit. Uh, I had an opportunity to meet her one time. She was on my bucket list when I was with um, USA Basketball in Tunisia. And uh, I said that to my coach colleagues, and they afforded us that opportunity. Um, hmm. I don't know who that fifth one would be. Can I, can I reference one? Calvin Blackman, Kyle Decker? No. <laughs> Willetta Spees? Willetta Spees. Yes. I would love to see, you know, she's the one that gave me a chance to be on her basketball team in the eighth grade on the varsity and allowed, afforded me an opportunity to protect me through uh, all these other older people to be my authentic self there. And, um, yeah, I'd like to see how proud she is of me right now and if indeed like, there's more that I can do. And I know I can pick up a phone and call her. I haven't done that in, in a couple of years. And now that you brought her up, that's a bucket list for this weekend. Love it. There love you it. Go. There you go. All right, last one. Um, we always ask this at the end of every episode. Uh, it's kind of how we connect it with you. Um, so before you answer this, you have to agree to help us make it happen. Okay. Who is one person we should have as a guest on the Underdog Podcast? I don't know. I, I like what Yolette is doing over at Ole Miss. I think that she's a good story. I um, I really love Joni Taylor at Georgia. That that's doing some incredible things for young people. Conzo Martin comes to mind on the mid side. That uh, really uh, ignites um, uh, a story to be told. That I think that he's a, a really humble person. Those are the three that kind of comes off from so. and it's all sports related. Yeah, I mean, for the most part. So I do have a question. I've shot two emails to the athletic department at Georgia and have not been yeah. able. Yeah, UGA must not like us. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. If So we might have to have you bust through for Would you be able to bust down that wall and help us get Joni Taylor on this podcast? Oh, my goodness. I, I would certainly share with her. Yes, that's all we ask. <laughs> I think you're called the wrong person. I think you got to call the women's basketball department. 
You're calling the AD? No. So we we usually reach out to the SID or maybe the whoever's you know the operations um, or communications in the in the athletic department. I usually yeah I, I usually go for the person who's responsible for women's basketball. But I'm just getting like yeah. We just just cold. tell her like hey we got Urban Meyer, John Harbaugh, and she's much harder to get a hold of right like, than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like goodness gracious. Circle back around again, and, and then I want yeah. Now we're, um, uh, just tell her how great yeah, of a time yeah, you go had ahead. with us two yeah, knuckleheads. Yeah. Go go ahead and throw her on <laughs> Facetime. Put her on right now. No, just kidding. Um, no, we love it. We we appreciate it, and we're trying to. Yeah, yeah, we, um, you know, it's been great. We've had, we've been very fortunate, along with yourself, we've had the likes in college basketball of Corey Close, uh, Charlie Turner Thorne. Um, we've had other women's Meg, coaches. Megan Duffy. Megan Duffy from Marquette. So we've really. Um, Tamika Williams. Tamika Williams from Ohio State. Thank you. See, look, we are good partners together. Yeah. Um, and we really have tried to make an emphasis. Early on, we were so male dominant um within our guests and, and it's important to us to be diverse between males and females and so yeah any anything we've really made a, a conscious effort to provide you know awareness i think actually um a lot of the guests told us how uh you know how, how hard it is i think it's like four percent of a lot of sports coverage is just female on espn and stuff like that and it's just how do we be part of the solution to raise awareness to all of the great females yep uh that are out there doing big things and so if we can be help part of it we want to be and, and and coach we appreciate your time and anything you do to help us uh continue on with any women's sports is, is much appreciated okay and the last thing i want to share is amaka Guba, hamilton at missouri state a former player of mine who's doing incredible things over at missouri state that's an easier get for me if you want a, a young coach that's growing up and she's growing through this program process and she's going to be a final four coach in, in the very near future, in my opinion. Yeah, my only question I have: when is this going to be aired or whatever? Yes. Yeah. So um, we typically have about four episodes in the queue, and we kind of mix and match them around. Um, so I would say this is what the end of April. I would say within the next four weeks. Um, it could be two weeks or so. It could be three weeks. But here in the next, within the next month. And we'll definitely shoot you an email and let you know when, when we're going to release beforehand. As long as you take uh, an easy under Miami Redhawks next year. So if we, 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 we'll release it. With... it <laughs> She's doing a great job over there. She's the person, too, that you might need to consider. She's okay. doing that program very quickly. And I'm scared of that sophomore kid that she got on that team. Lord have mercy. She <laughs> <laughs> still a basketball hoop up. Yeah. yeah yeah i love it well, good to hear good to hear and uh how can anyone that's listening to this coach um engage with yourself on any social platforms or your program oh yeah uh sarah Tonelli is a person that you can communicate with that's a sports information person but i i'm on um twitter the most and facebook second and uh, instagram third and team toughness is my instagram and i don't even know my name for you know, I'm, I'm terrible with this social media. I'm 54 and I try to be hit, but I'm not. So <laughs> you'll find me. Find women's basketball at UB. You're going to find me. Okay. Good okay. stuff. Well, awesome. Like, like Kyle just said, um, thank you very much. This is, this is an amazing conversation and, and, you know, getting to hear your story and, and learn more about you. And then even more exciting now that we have developed a, you know, a relationship that we can follow your successes. And again, bring it on in the Mac. Put some respect on the Mac. 
That's how we'll end this bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Coach. Fight on. Thank you so much for everything you guys are doing. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right. Thank yep. you.